0: Transnet is the new ESCA. There's no doubting that the country's biggest problem, the biggest challenge that we have as taxpayers and through us, the government, is the mess that is Transnet. We have seen the decline in rail traffic. And in a way, you'd think it's a good thing for those who are focused on road freight, but not necessarily. We're going to find out from Nodir Rademan from Linebooker. Exactly, what's going on on that side, and how this has been affecting the the road freight industry. Nodia really good to be talking with you again. It's been too long. Um, maybe let's just do a quick catch-up. Line Booker, the the Uber of the freight industry, uh, as we've described you in the past. Are you guys seeing uh, big increases in demand for your services?
1: Yeah, thanks, Alec. Um, yeah, I think our growth rate is maintained, and I think the that- the LineBooker business model has matured a bit and added uh, um, additional services. So, um, I think the, the Uber of freight still relevant, but I think we've we've matured into um, running procurement for for major corporations. So we partner with their transport procurement teams because we specialize in that, and we've got a large network of transporters. And post the procurement event. Um, we also manage the full transport operations on behalf of those customers, um, and that will be on fixed contract. And the Uber Freight side is as filled up with with ad hoc transport as well. Uh, but then you get the the, the full stack of services um, through that process, and that yeah, the network allows us to give better pricing
0: and secured supply to customers. In a nutshell, and that's the so important part is the ne- the network Are you using. The, the connections that you have with companies that have trucks or, or freight uh, services, and then putting them together with the uh, those who need freight to be delivered around the country.
1: Correct. Yeah. So the, the network reach, so it, if we talk procurement, our reach is a bit bigger, so we normally get a bit better results out of that because the reach is more, and um, post attendee events, the technology and our operations teams, the coordination is much quicker. So that also allows for for other efficiencies for businesses and naturally reduces their risk of ever having an issue with truck supply when they need that,
0: that combination. So the penny's dropped for companies that they uh, can actually use your services, reduce the risk, get a better price. I know we've spoken about this a few times in the past and uh, it Kind of everybody wins because the the trucks that would have been standing empty are now being used, but obviously at a at a better rate for those who are booking them.
1: Yes. And I think that uh, as I mentioned, as our credibility and our size um, grew in the market and we've now had track records of three to four years of running major listed businesses, um, their full transport operations from start to finish. So I think that's that's given the credibility, especially for larger corporations, that, that Linebooker has the capability to, to handle their full transport operations and deliver secured supply plus uh, savings versus their pre-Linebooker cost. So that that is the just for sure.
0: I, I was sitting in the, well, I suppose we, I call it the mini budget. I'm not supposed, uh, you're not really supposed to call it. You're supposed to call it something like the medium term budget, Presentation speech, but uh, kind of still know it as the mini boat. But I was sitting there in the lockup, and there were a couple of tables, images that were in the uh, packs that were given to us by uh, Treasury. And both of those, I, I wish you'd, I'd wished at the time that you'd been with us or been with me, because I could have actually asked somebody who understood what all this was about, i.e., you to explain it to me. But anyway, uh, rather late than never, Nadia. here is one of the quite scary uh, images that, that was prevent, provided to us by Treasury. And what it shows there is the decline in the freight that's being managed on the railway system in South Africa. Now, this is something that you'd know a lot about because clearly when the freight is not on the rail, it's on the road. And as you can see here, uh, they've broken it down into the two, into three categories, general freight, actual coal, and actual iron ore. And even coal and iron ore, Transnet's not managing to move uh, in the degree that it was just as recently as 2017. But maybe we can focus on that red line there, which is the general freight that... Uh, the millions of tons that Transnet is moving. In 2018, you can see it, there was more than 90 million tons of volume that was railed in that year. In 2022, it was down to 60. That's, that's an implosion of, of catastrophic proportions. Are your numbers of what's gone on to the roads uh, tallying with this?
1: Yeah, I think we see it in two areas. So obviously you see in certain sectors an increase in, in road transport um but we always spe- also speak to to several customers or businesses in that sector and some of them the economics doesn't make sense anymore for to export their products or sell it wherever they need to because of i mean road transport is significantly more expensive so the total volume will decline which is a negative for everybody that's actually the bigger issue because a lot of the economics suddenly doesn't make sense that mine or that trader that exports, it just doesn't make sense. So there you have total volume decline for the country, which is not a good thing. Um and on the other side, as we I mean, the increase in the in the trucks on the road is also becoming an issue. I mean at Re- Richards Bay now, they're struggling to handle the congestion a um, lot of the mining sector is sending trucks cross border but now the borders are becoming clogged up so the, the thing is kind of I- expanding a bit to other areas um and becoming don't want to sound too negative but it's it's becoming more difficult for those businesses to find other solutions they're also getting
0: getting stuck and have a look at this graph as well which is talking about the number of containers. It doesn't look quite as bad uh, because here we've got the export of manganese and coal, um, and that went down in 2023. Have you seen these huge big trucks that, uh, well, that, that that transport all of this? Also, moving on to the road as well.
1: Yeah, well, sure. This is what I'm saying, some of the Mining operators are trying to reach other ports, so that means going cross border and reaching those ports. And now the border posts can't handle it. So yeah, all of that—the effect you see in, in in many different places. So it it is a
0: serious issue. Why, Nadia? What's happening from what you can see as an insider in this whole field?
1: Yeah, I think well, the the let's say. First off is the total volume declining in the country. So some businesses the economics doesn't make sense. That's one big thing. And the other thing is is a significant increase in the amount of trucks um specifically trying to reach ports. And uh, uh, the port or the border infrastructure, I mean they've they've not been used to these type of volumes. they they are not prepared to deal with these amount of volumes. So there's now the delays at border post and port other ports are just are just increasing, so I don't have the answer, but that's definitely what what we can see
0: and it's all about inefficiencies incompetence
1: yeah well as I said, I'm not a specialist in in in, in translating their operations but it's it's fairly obvious that that majority of the issues start there that i mean the rail infrastructure um Can't handle it, and added to that, um, handling trucks into ports is also an issue. It's also not a rock-solid solution, even if it's more expensive.
0: Can't get it all done. So right now, what is happening with your clients um, in delivering to the port of Durban, say? Because we we understand that there are literally hundreds of ships that are waiting outside of the port that can't come in to get the freight offloaded there, with well, the containers offloaded and new containers put back in. How does that impact on your customers?
1: Yeah, I think 80% of our business hours is, is uh, lucky for us at this stage is more in-country, so not necessarily uh, if directly affected, but the other 20% um, is you can see in those customers either I mean the cost will increase because the transporters will have standing times and um, loads that get rejected. So that's that's a immediate massive cost increase if the economics still make sense. Um, so that we can definitely see. And as I said, a whole host of people we speak to that that just the economics doesn't make sense. So they either, I mean, mothball and and stand still for, um, for the
0: commodities they're trying to export. And what happens when those commodities can't stand still? You think about fruit and... Uh, flowers and perishable goods.
1: Yeah, I uh, think that's special, specifically probably in the agricultural industry. That's a write-off that the, that the farmer must take. That is, there is no specific recourse um, in in that worst-case scenario,
0: which will also happen at times. I, I'm quite interested as well to find out how the differentiation is happening within your sector. When, with, with Transnet being in such a mess and so much of the freight then moving onto, onto roads, your, your, your advantage is that you can get high quality, low cost uh, product in moving goods from A to B. But if there is such a huge demand for a product, then potentially that differentiator uh, is not that valuable. Are you seeing that happening within the sector?
1: Yeah, I think the, what we see is that, meaning because every the the situation changes so quickly and every producer on the fly needs to make plans, either they're sending it cross-border to another port or they're switching it from Durban port to Cape Town port or wherever, um, I think our benefit is that you know, our supply chain or with our reach and our coordination speed, we can quickly execute any change in terms of of a route or country you need to you need to go um, if you've got a set standard that you've deal deal with transport companies that run to Durban port it's not as easy for a business out to within a day say okay divert everything to to Cape Town or to Mozambique or wherever you want to go uh, then you need to procure quickly find the transporters put the deals quickly and execute uh, the loads to get to, to a different destination. So um, I think that differentiator we we can, we can provide to customers to quickly be able to do that.
0: And from a broader perspective, uh, Nudia, we had a chat with Francois Norquier a few times. He's, he's a real focused guy when it comes to Transnet, and he reckons Transnet should be put into business rescue. Uh, you you made a point a little earlier that when your volumes go down, that it becomes too expensive and uneconomic, and we know that from from any other business. You need a certain scale to make things economic. Have you examined that from your side, and and would you agree if you have that with the kind of line that that Francois is taking, i.e. that Transnet is in such trouble that something it's it's in crisis and something dramatic needs to be done.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, I wouldn't venture an opinion there. I'm not uh, that deep into into Transnet and what the solutions are there. Um, but what I can say is a, a definite something. Something needs to change significantly, yeah, because the the issues are big enough. What that is, I think the experts on that side. I think when we focus on on the road transport, so I'm we're going to talk out of out of turn here if I want to make opinions on what's
0: the right solution for for Transnet. But something, something needs to be done. And w- what about the growth rates on road transport? J- just uh, give us some, clearly, Linebooker, because you're innovative, because you're doing something different uh, and, and new, has been growing at faster than the sector, but the sector as a whole.
1: Yeah, I think the, the, I mean, the in-country, let's say, that's not necessarily affected on the ports, I think, uh, grows steadily, not, not massively, but steadily. Um, and naturally, I think the the in the mining sector, the from moving to from rail to to trucks. I think that over the last three or four years, is more than double, tripled. I think the amount of trucks on certain corridors there. Um, as yeah, I think the last count was probably five times, through five times in three years on certain corridors. So you can imagine what that does to everything the roads. Whoever needs to handle that at that, that receiving, it's, it's, the infrastructure is
0: not prepared for that type of growth in a short time. What's going to happen to that infrastructure if it's not built for those kind of volumes? Well, look, I don't
1: know. So, so, you see little signs of things falling apart all over the place. Border posts, Richards Bay now starting to struggle with congestion of trucks, not even at the port. That's before the port. So, you, you see the little red flags uh, coming up all over the place. And it's probably easy to relate that to, to the rail volumes moving on route. Is anyone paying attention? I think the, the mining businesses that are, that's the, and the, the businesses that's, that's their core business to export via ports, I, I can promise you that that's all they think about.
0: Can they do anything about it? I guess that's the real thing.
1: Yeah, as I said I wouldn't be want to be in that position because I, I don't know if you are as a medium size any business. What do you do? It is it's a, it's a I mean it's a country wide government size issue to resolve. I think you can try and influence wherever you can and uh, and talk about it and give ideas and get involved to try and influence. But I don't see. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do if I was in that position.
0: Sure, bit of uh, hair pulling out stuff. But just looking at Line Booker itself uh, from your perspective, have you guys been looking elsewhere in the world, maybe to to replicate your very innovative business model that you have seemed to have perfected here in South Africa?
1: Yeah, I think we we're looking. We're having a couple of discussions. Um, so there is um, good progress there. Not something I can. Give you detail about now, but it seems to to have significant interest in, in some other countries. Um, and yeah, I think that the model that kind of Linebooker grew into seems to be, in its complete process, um, fairly, what I was saying, different. In terms of starting at procurement, having a significant procurement reach then handling the operations through, if you want to call it a control tower, that's kind of the industry word, central point to coordinate it all, um, and then sold in by the bidding or the Uber of truck ad hoc thing, if volume spikes significantly. That kind of closes the loop so you can quickly bring in extra supply. Um, and that whole kind of system has, uh, seems to be... Um, something different. You get parts of it for other businesses, but I think we've we've now put the whole process together and it seems to be delivering the results which most businesses in South Africa it's secure truck supply and uh, a lower cost base, is that's the South African ask, that's what the businesses want.
0: Nadir Roderman the co-founder and chief executive of Line Booker and I'm Alec Hogg from BizNews.com <laughs>